0: Welcome back everyone. The month of May is over and as most dividend investors do, I have updated my dividend income for the month to see the progress of my dividend snowball. May was a very good month, I received a total of $400.30 in dividends across my multiple dividend portfolios. To break this down, I received $13.42 from my M1 cash flow portfolio, $29.68 from my M1 taxable account, $200.90 from my 401k account, $12.10 from my M1 Roth IRA. $140.30 from my wife's traditional IRA, and $3.90 from my 4-factor dividend portfolio which also happens to be a traditional IRA. This was the fourth highest dividend income month since I started tracking my dividend income in 2020. My highest month was March of this year with $686.43 in dividends. Quarter ending months are usually the best for me and I'm expecting to set a new monthly record here in June. I don't actually intend to use my dividend income until retirement that is still a few decades away so I don't place a lot of emphasis on generating a high level of dividends relative to my portfolio value. The effective dividend yield of all of my dividend positions at the end of May was 2.23%. This figure does fluctuate from month to month, driven by the change in the market value of my holdings, dividend increases, and where my contributions are deployed. But it typically hovers in the 2% to 2.25% range, which is ideal for me at the moment. My portfolio value at the end of May was $243,561.77, which is a little more than $3,000 higher compared to month in April. Since January 31st of this year, my market value has increased by 12260 dollars 60 or 5.27%. Some of this is from contributions, some is dividends, and the remainder is market gains. The reason I am not tracking the full year from January 1st is because I transitioned my wife's traditional IRA from index funds to dividend stocks in the middle of January. So tracking from the end of January made a little bit more sense. My forward annual dividend income at the end of May was $5,428.46 up a little more than $60 from the prior month The forward dividend income is increased by $541 and some change since the end of January which is a pretty good jump of about 11% My TTM or trailing 12 month dividend income at the end of May was $3,626.62 This is the exact amount of dividends I received during the past 12 months This figure went up by about $216 compared to a month ago. Since the end of January, my TTM dividend income is up $813.39, or nearly 29%. Transitioning the traditional IRA gave my dividend income a big boost. That account has a market value of about $85,000, so it makes up a large chunk of my entire dividend portfolio. I have made some moves across my portfolio that will impact the timing of dividends in the future. Previously, I expected to see about $214 in dividends every January, April, July, and October. As of month-end May, this estimate declined to about $195. For every February, May, August, and November, I was expecting about $369 in dividends. After May, this estimate also declined to about $233. And for quarter-ending months, March, June, September, and December, my prior estimate was about $757. After May, this estimate increased to $928. A big portion of the shift has been driven by me allocating more capital to SCHD. But I also trimmed a few positions and I expect to trim a few more in June. One of the holdings I want to trim is Nvidia and I'm actually glad I haven't done so yet as the stock has been on a tear recently. I will likely trim a decent chunk of my position in June. I'm actually up quite a bit on this position. Should it continue to rise I guess I'll miss out on those gains but I have a very large allocation to semiconductor stocks in my portfolio that will cushion the missed opportunity and Nvidia isn't really an ideal dividend growth stock as it hasn't increased its dividend quite a bit. Let's take a quick look at my largest holdings right now. Sitting at the top is SCHD with an allocation of 11%, a little bit more than a month ago. My 385 shares should generate a little more than $1,000 in annual dividend income, which sounds very nice. The reason I favor SCHD is actually for its dividend growth potential. The above average dividend yield, compared to my overall portfolio, is certainly a bonus as well. The second largest holding is NVIDIA at 3.63%. I actually haven't added to this position in a long time. And the reason NVIDIA jumped up to be my second largest holding is its amazing run-up this year. The third largest holding is Microsoft at 3.42%. Microsoft is also enjoying very favorable returns this year. I haven't added any new money to this position since late last year, and I likely won't in the near future. Number 4 is another technology stock, Apple, at a flat 3%. Apple has a similar story as Microsoft, as it has enjoyed a good run in 2023, and I'm not one to complain about market gains. Of course these are all unrealized gains that I do not intend to realize for the foreseeable future. I'm not adding any more money to Apple today as I think it's a little expensive and it's already a sizable position in my portfolio. Rounding up the top 5 is Sintas at 2.76%. The next 5 largest positions are Lowe's at 2.73%, Tiro Price Group at 2.66%, United Healthcare at 2.63%, Home Depot at 2.48%, and Lime Research at 2.47%. The top 10 holdings make up 36.79% of my portfolio and they generate about 36% of the annual dividend income as well. In total, I have 77 unique positions across my 6 dividend portfolios. The reason I have so many holdings is in part due to some of the unique strategies I am testing. My smallest portfolio, which I am using to test my 4-factor dividend growth strategy, holds a lot of unique positions. In the grand scheme of things, several of the holdings in that portfolio have virtually no impact on my portfolio as a whole, as they make up less than 0.1% of the market value my cash flow portfolio is also quite small and holds a few unique high-yielding REITs and BDCs. The core of my portfolio are really the 40-50 to 50 largest holdings. My largest 54 positions make up 97.3% of my total market value, which means the smallest 23 stocks are not overly meaningful. Even though their impact is small, there is a purpose for them in my portfolio, and I intend to maintain most of these positions for a long time. Let me wrap up here with a brief discussion about the projections for my dividend strategy and how this year is shaping up. On January 31st of this year, I created a static projection of the future market value of my portfolios and the potential annual dividend income I may see. The stock market doesn't move in a nice and even upward pattern, but instead is a blend of volatility that over time does expand to a higher valuation. Therefore, I don't expect that my portfolio will track my projection perfectly, and it may not even do so semi-accurately. But nevertheless, since there is no way to precisely predict market volatility, my only option is to create a static projection. I am assuming that my portfolio can grow at a rate of 10% per year when measured over multiple decades. This is an acceptable estimate for a long-term rate of return for the broad market, and I estimate that I will be about average in the long run. Obviously, I'm aiming to be above average, but I wanted to keep my projections semi-conservative. If my portfolio over delivers, I'll be very happy, and if not, I should be right about where I anticipated. Below average results are not acceptable here. Okay, so based on my estimated contributions and the rate of return assumption, I anticipate to end the year with a valuation of nearly $280,000. Given how the market has moved during the first 5 months of this year, I may not hit this estimate. Time will tell. I also estimate to receive about $5,400 in dividend income. This will be my actual trailing 12-month stream of dividends. And I think I should be able to come close to this estimate. In approximately 10 years, I should crack the $1,000,000 valuation mark. Many things can happen during the course of a decade. So again, I may be pretty off here. It's possible that I may have a higher valuation, or I could be short by a few hundred thousand. In two decades, I should have a market value of about $3.5 million, with about $70,000 in annual dividend income. Two decades is a long time, and I'm pretty confident I should be relatively close to this valuation and the level of dividend income. $70,000 in passive income per year sounds pretty nice. Of course the time value of money will mean that $70,000 in 20 years won't give me the same buying power it does today. Fortunately for me, I have one more decade to go before I reach full retirement age provided I'm healthy enough and motivated enough to continue working that long. After three decades, my portfolio should have a value of about $10 million, and my annual dividend income should exceed $200,000. That's quite a big jump that last 10 years can make. At some point during this 30-year period of time, I will likely start placing more emphasis on the annual dividend income. Given that I have a relatively low dividend yield right now, and the majority of my money is allocated in tax-free or tax-deferred accounts, I will have the option to shift to higher-yielding stocks and funds should I choose to do so. The strategy is to focus more on growth of my capital now, and adjust in the future as necessary. It is nice to start seeing the dividend snowball pick up pace. I know all of you are in different places in life than I am, and your needs and goals differ as well. I find it useful to make projections for the future that can offer perspective of what I should be focusing on today.